I'm Christy Hemingway, host of Ed Curation, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And here we are in episode three, and I want to welcome Behind the Mic, the man, the myth, the host of My Ed Tech Life, Mr. Alfonso Mendoza. All right. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity and definitely appreciate this project here behind the mic and getting to know the rest of the podcasters on, you know, the EduPod Network. So thank you so much for the invite. Yeah. Why not start another podcast, right? <laughs> why not? Definitely. There's the seven. There's that's why we have 24 hours in a day. You know, at least 12 of those should be all about podcasting and the rest can be for whatever. <laughs> now, I, I, I could start with the questions that I've been asking, but you know, we're both podcasters. Um, and like I just said, here's another podcast that Chris is doing. What? Why don't you have a second podcast? You've got a great setup. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, that's a great question. And I've thought about that a lot, Chris. I really have, uh, especially, you know, doing something a little bit more, um, just something quick, like really quick tech bites and so on. But to be honest with you, I think it's just that that paralysis, analysis paralysis. I just like, uh, then it just feels overwhelming because as it is, you and you know the schedule, and I'm sure all the listeners for the EduPod and even the EduPod uh, members, when they see the bumper rotations, are like, man, like Fonza has like three every week that he's going through, and so on. So that really keeps me busy. So I figured, you know what, we'll we'll just leave it at one, and we'll just roll with that, and um, you know, and it's worked out fine because I I don't know if I can add a little extra there. <laughs> I understand. Well, no, I don't understand because I just. I go through life thinking that could be a podcast. That could be a podcast that, Oh, I could podcast about that. So I got different lenses. <laughs> there you go. All right, Fonz, let's dive in as we get to know you and we go behind the mic. Uh, let's start with, uh, share a little bit about your background in education and how it led you to podcasting. Absolutely. Um, you know, as many well, if you've listened to a podcast where I've actually been a guest on, you definitely would be surprised when I say that I never planned on being an educator at all whatsoever. So I always like to start with that story. Uh, really growing up, I said, you know, I definitely want to go into business. I want to go into, you know, a field where I can definitely get rich. That was my thing. I was like, oh, well, I just want to go find the money and do all of those things. So um, I often kind of look down on on education as I was going through my uh, like junior year and senior year in the sense of I would see my teachers there at their desk and grading and doing so much. And then of course the behavior issues. And of course me being one of them, I was like, no way, <laughs> there's no way that I can do that. And Wait, you, you just know, shared I a picture went, of you on social media, little, little Alfonso, right? <laughs> yes, yes. He was a troublemaker. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely a troublemaker. Definitely one of those quiet ones, you know, uh, but uh, nonetheless, you know, I said, you know, I definitely want to, you know, do something in the business world, make some money and so on. And so went through four years of university, have my bachelor's in business administration and my specialization was marketing. So I did that for about two years, um, you know, avidly working in the marketing field, sales, learning, of course, customer service and uh, running a business and things of that sort. 
And of course, there was a fork in the road moment that happened. You know, my dad fell ill during that time. And uh, he's he's great. He's going to be 88 this year. So everything was fine. But at that time, being an only child, I was really I had to be there. You know, some like somebody on call. The work that I was doing didn't provide me with a lot of time, you know, after hours or even during hours and things of that sort. So for my mom to just be, um, you know, left with my dad and, you know, handling their business as far as going to the doctors and so on was very difficult for her. So uh, I had to make the decision and said, you know, I'm going to find a job and maybe pivot and say, you know, something that I would have more time for. Well, in a couple of days, you know, as this was happening, a friend of mine called me and said, hey, they're looking for math teachers, and you know, for this uh, local high school here in this district that's close by. And I was like, okay, do you really think I can do that? It's like, yeah, dude. It's like, you have business, you do math, you should be fine. And so I called the school, spoke to the assistant principal at the time, and they're like, yeah, you know, we're looking for math teachers. Can you come in tomorrow for an interview? And I was like, Oh, tomorrow already? I was like, okay. So I went, told my manager, you know, my boss said, hey, I'm going to be out tomorrow from this time to this time. Um, you know, I need to take care of some personal business. And <clears throat> so I well, I go show up at the high school. And as soon as I entered that office, it was just like, wow, the, the gentleman who is the assistant principal at the time, now Dr. Guerra, was the husband of one of my teachers in high school. So he knew me. I knew him. He was a baseball coach. He would come into the classroom, you know, just as they were getting ready to go to lunch. So because when we dismissed, it was lunchtime. So they'd have lunch together and so on. So he knew me very well. I knew him. My interview lasted about 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, I get a call that afternoon and say, Hey, can you come in, fill out your paperwork and that you're going to be our new math teacher? I was like, okay. They're like, all you really needed was, uh, I think I had enough hours to, for algebra because I needed to do college algebra, I did college calculus. And of course, all those math hours that you need. So I did an alternative certification program. I landed in teaching in a 2006, you know, without knowing anything at all whatsoever, came in and this is going to date myself, but um, really when I came in, they gave me two, three inch, uh, those ring binders full of transparencies. Oh, baby. <laughs> so they're like, here you go. Here is what you will be using and doing. And that was it. And day one comes and I, I just felt like a fish in water. And I absolutely fell in love with everything about education from that moment on. And really just those skills from the marketing field, advertising, definitely the customer service, easily transferred into the classroom. And really, honestly, even to this moment, I, you know, I I attribute the success that I have had to those skills and learning how to personalize instruction, learning how to sell algebra to 30 different customers because they're not all going to buy it the same way. And uh, it's been a blessing and Seven. This is my seventeenth year now in educating in education. Excuse me, that I'm starting, and I am really excited. And it's been just a great journey. And the going into that question of how did that lead me into podcasting? Um, it didn't lead me into podcasting right away until 2020, of course, when everything shut down, and I was uh, part of the global GEG group, uh, Google edu- Global Educate or Google Educator group. Uh, and we were 
saying like, hey, lit, we're going to put on some uh, little uh, videos like, you know, StreamYard. We're going to show people how to use some of their tools, show people how to use, you know, things to get them ready for, um, you know, virtual instruction. So I started doing that with them. And then that's when kind of the bug hit of like, hey, why don't I just do that too here for my local region and my local area? And so I kind of started doing that. And but then the podcast kind of turned into, well, you know, they're already doing all the tech stuff. I was really more interested now in people's stories and what they're going through and how they try to overcome those things. And uh, I know that that's how I also, you know, kind of started to know you two as well. And uh, you've also been a great help, but actually very instrumental in me starting my podcast and to continue going with it. You're a guest on episode 17 and hearing your story too and the way that you were always helpful to me as, you know, I DM'd you and said, hey, you know, what do you think about mics? Or you would tell me like, hey, have you seen this platform? Or hey, have you tried that? That really was just instrumental, like I mentioned. And I'm very thankful for that because three years and I think it's about what, April, May, June, July, August, three years, four months, you know, and 217 episodes later, here I am still. And here we are talking about educating education and sharing educator stories, creator stories, and trying to connect everybody one show at a time. I think uh, as I, I appreciate your thanks, but I think I, I also need to thank you because being a listener of your show, my ed tech life, of course, and being a fan and having been on it and knowing what you do with the storytelling aspect of the the variety of guests you have, that was inspiring to me to really part of why this show behind the mic exists right? To tell the stories of the members of this network, because not everybody hosting their own show gets to tell their story, right? Your personality comes out through your episodes. Um, There's an episode of House of Ed Tech where uh, my friends Stacey and AJ, they interviewed me and I was the guest on my show and they kind of did a takeover. But that was a long time ago, right? Which actually makes me think that at some point I have to be a guest on this show. So might have to bring you back and do the guest host thing. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. And, you know, you're absolutely right, Chris, as far as that storytelling aspect as as podcasters, it's not often that we get to be on the other side of receiving those questions. And and sometimes when we do get invited, it's really for something specific that we're going to cover, something that we may have, uh, you know, some experience in that we want to share. But th- this is what I love, too, that you started this to really highlight our stories and that we get to share our personalities, where we came from, why we do what we do and why we're passionate about doing it. And it kind of reminds me back when I did my, when I got to episode 100, I had AJ um, be the guest, excuse me, be the host. And I was the guest and he was interviewing me. And it really is a different dynamic, you know, when you get to be just kind of calm, answering questions and really just sharing your love for what you do with people. So absolutely love this behind the mic podcast that you're doing. Afond, speaking of perspectives and obviously being unique, you know, technically speaking, I do a podcast about education technology. Your podcast is also about Mm -hmm. education technology. We are not competitors. We are collaborators. We talk behind the scenes and things. Um, What is it about your podcast and your interest in education technology as a podcaster, what is your, what's that 
thing that you bring to podcasting that nobody else brings that's uniquely you? Yeah, I don't know. I, I Well, you know, you're absolutely right. Even though we do pretty much essentially talk about ad tech, I think it's just the... I don't know. It's just the, the, the delivery, I guess, the perspectives, because you have a perspective on it. I have a perspective on it. And really it, it's just letting people talk and share. And we do the exact same thing, really. So when I'm trying to, when you're saying like, uh, you know, what do you add? Uh, I don't know, Chris, honestly. Wait, like, hold on. I, I to think be it's fair, just really, to be fair, I didn't ask you what you yeah. add. I want to know what makes you and your perspective unique. Because, you know, there's me, yeah. there's you, there's Jake Miller, there, you know, Matt Miller had mm-hmm. the Google pot. Like, so there's lots of education technology podcasts out there. What, what's, yeah. what, what's, what's Fonz? <laughs> what's, you know, for me, honestly, it's just that, that storytelling aspect. And, and I think it's just being able to connect and, and make those genuine connections with my, my guests, but also to grow the network of not only Maya Tech Live or Fonz, but to grow the network of the guests. So, you know, something that's unique, I think it's just me listening. Oftentimes, if you catch the shows, I really don't talk too much. And I tell all the guests that come on, I said, look, you are the star of the show and I'm just the moderator, you know, honestly, because I want to hear all of you and what you have to offer. So I think it's just it's a little bit of that in in some of that with the episodes where I find myself I'm um I speak less I listen more and I'm really trying to digest everything but really it's just taking it in Chris it's every show that I get to do like really honestly fills my heart with joy and that is the the result of making it that connection that is not just a connection for that episode but for me, it seems like it's a connection for life. And that's why I use, uh, you know, PLF, you know, personal learning family, because it really feels like a family. And I think I, I've said it before in some episodes where I attribute that to number one, being an only child, wishing I had brothers and sisters. Well, now I've got countless brothers and sisters in, in the education space and in the ed tech space. And it, it just, it feels great to be able to be part of that and add to that. But yeah, that's, that's really, I know there was probably a lot of stuff in there, but you know, that's what makes me unique in that sense. I I love it. And uh, you know, for you who's (laughs) listening, uh, let me pull back the curtain a little bit. Exactly what Fonz described that that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting back, I'm asking a couple of questions and I want each member of the network to be the star of their episode of, you know, this very show. So mm-hmm. again, I, I guess I got the Fonz playbook on how to do something like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Fonz, back to, uh, let, let's, let's talk about how you make your podcast. So as you think back to 2020, uh, what were some of the challenges or anything that maybe was a roadblock that you faced that you overcame in launching my ed tech life? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Some of the things at the very beginning, it's very true what they say, you know, sometimes a lot of podcasts don't even make it past episode 10. And I know there's some stats there for episode seven and so on. So it was very daunting. First of all, how am I going to do this? Thinking about what is my niche going to be? And I'll tell you, I think the biggest roadblock was that mental roadblock in thinking, well, 
there's already podcasters that do that. Chris is doing that. Jake is doing that. They're doing that. So what's going to, you know, make me any different than what they're doing and so on. So it was that little mental roadblock. But then I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And it, in a way, I felt like an outsider when I first started doing it, because like I said, when even though the show is called My Ed Tech Life, at the very beginning, especially during pandemic, we rarely talked too much about tech. If you go back to some of those episodes, there'll be some tech there. But then there's, you know, talking about mental health, talking about, you know, things that weren't necessarily tech related and it was very interesting and funny that I one of the reviews that I first saw in my podcast, they're like, you don't even talk about tech and you're, you're, the title of your podcast is My Ad Tech Life. But going back to that story, that was just a hashtag that I started with a long time ago when I first got into this role as an instructional tech. But again, getting back to the question, that mental roadblock of there are others that are doing the same thing and they're great at it and they've got that experience. but it was that moment when, you know, even before I had you on the show, I think, you know, you had sent me a DM and your advice is just, just click record, just do it, just do it. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it and commit it to it. And I never thought that it was going to become what it has become. You know, first couple of episodes, first couple of months, I was doing one show every two weeks because I didn't know how to reach guests. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I, you know, how to do things right at the very beginning and so on. I didn't have this setup. And it was just a, a you know, learning in progress, which was great. And, it, you know, maybe I'll even write a book someday about that, you know, just the story. But, you know, it, it was just that those major challenges was that imposter syndrome, to be honest with you. And once, I think I hit that hundredth episode. I said, huh, I made it to a hundred. There's people that are listening. There's people that actually care about what is being shared. And here we are now, you know, another 117 episodes later, three years of work. And even though, like you mentioned earlier, you and I are in, in similar niche in the same niche but we bring different perspectives. We do things a little bit different. I think really just the the most different thing that I do is that all the shows, all the podcasts are live, you know, that we do. And that has been working out very well for me just because I feel that I think the guests, when they know that it's live, the, you know, maybe sometimes they could be a little bit more reserved, but sometimes I feel that I get a little bit more of that genuineness where it just doesn't feel like too overproduced in a way. And it's very raw. And I just love that people see that raw live conversation. And then if you notice too, and I'm be honest and I tell everybody, I do very little to no editing because I just want the, just the, that essence of the conversation to just be shared with everybody. Now, mind you, There have been some hiccups that occur, you know, where the audio is not that great. And sometimes you'll get, you know, tech happens where things will get cut off and so on. But, you know, I think in telling the audience and them seeing and understanding the premise of the show, they've definitely have shown some grace when those little things happen. Tech happens, but, you know, we're we're growing 
and they're part of that journey. And I just want them to hear that genuine, genuine, non, non-cut, unadulterated conversation. Now, again, for, for you who's listening, if you have not ever checked out Fonz's podcast, My EdTech Life, you want to do that. You can obviously access it by going to the Education Podcast Network website at edupodcastnetwork.com. But the better place to go is to Fonz's website, which is myedtech.life. And there you can access all of his episodes. And as we're recording this, you, you say you started out doing one every two weeks. You'd go crazy if you were doing one every two weeks now, because like you said, you know, you're doing a few episodes a week. Again, at this point, you've got 200 and ev- 217 great episodes available. You've got your YouTube channel, which again, people can access on the website. Typically, Fonz, when do you record live if somebody wants to come and check that out? Absolutely. We go live every Monday, Tuesday, okay, Monday and Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time. So that is my schedule for August and September. I know that the show will be coming out a lot later, but for the most part, you'll be able to find me Monday, Monday, Tuesday and Saturdays, unless there's a special occasion or an anniversary falls on that day or a birthday might fall on that day. But again, we always put up the show, um, you know, promos and so on a couple of days prior to the show, but for sure, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday. Yeah. And, And again, remember he, just a few minutes ago, he talked about his background in marketing And Fonz has some of the slickest and most visually appealing promotional videos, materials. He's always coming up with different ways to promote what he's doing, shine the light on his guests. So you want to be connected with him on social media as well. And he is at My Ed Tech Life just about everywhere. And then we know that that's accurate, right? (laughs) Nothing has changed. Yes. Um, Nothing's changed. But I want to hit on something real quick. So again, as we're recording this, over 200 episodes, okay? For somebody who's listening to this and they've never listened, what episode do you recommend that they start with if they don't want to go all the way back to episode one? What episode? Jeez, man. They're all so amazing. They're great. Okay. Okay. Here's one. And it would be, I'm not sure of the number, but it would be one with Kevin Doherty. And I'm going to find it right now as I'm scrolling here. And that was back at episode, I believe it might've been episode one in the one fifties. Uh, but just look it up, uh, you know, with, uh, Kevin Doherty, who is episode a wonderful 129. Friend. Oh, 129. Oh my gosh. No wonder I wasn't going to find it right now. I thought it was in the one fifties. But episode 129 with Kevin Doherty, you can go ahead and start there and, you know, again, skip forward to, you know, other episodes. But I would definitely recommend you start with that one. And the reason is, is just because uh, of the bond that I have with Kevin Doherty. When I first transitioned into this role, he was working for a company out there doing a lot of AR, VR stuff. And he came to visit our district. And from that moment on, we definitely hit it off where We saw each other at some of the local uh, regional tech conferences when I was presenting and we just, you know, really hit it off. And he has so much experience being an administrator, a teacher, learning abroad and teaching abroad because he did some of his student teaching in the UK and being able to come here to Texas. And he's a native of the East Coast up in Massachusetts but he has accumulated a wealth of knowledge, but you will really 
get to to really connect with him because of the heart that he shares and the passion that he has for education. And one of his biggest things and and what he's trying to contribute to and try and do is he's trying to kind of revamp like the word teacher in a way. And 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 really when he talks to teachers, he says, no, 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 you know, and I've seen him present. He goes, I want you to think of yourself as a learning engineer. That is what you are. You're not just a teacher. You are a learning engineer where you're engineering these learning experiences. So check that episode out. Start with that. And, you know, we definitely do talk tech there also. But, you know, it it's just a great way of you seeing what I'm trying to do with the show as far as when I say connecting educators one show at a time, you'll definitely feel connected with Kevin and you'll hopefully we'll see that from episode to episode where I try and help build those connections so you can, you know, things that resonate, you can reach out to that guest immediately and see them as an expert and feel that you've known them forever and, you know, they're going to be there for you whenever it is that you may need. I love it. That that was uh, a good episode. Um, and that will be in our show notes, which are a swipe or a tap away in the app that you are listening in right now. Fonz, I want to ask you, how has being a podcaster and creating your show impacted your day job in education? Well, you know what? It's impacted it, it or the impact has been great in the sense of the network that I have been able to be a part of has been instrumental in helping my school district with resources. And the fact that I've been able to make those connections and being in the position that I'm in, not necessarily the the person that makes the purchases, but that can influence in, you know certain uh, platforms to use and wonderful ed tech tools that are going to help teachers uh, has really helped me bring the best to our district. And we are a district that is a small district. We're not, you know, a big district at all whatsoever or have a lot of money to to spend. But we have been afforded the opportunity to do as much as we can with the little that we have, thanks to the network and the connections that I've been making here through the show. And I always, you know, let them know how grateful I am. And the students are definitely grateful and the teachers are grateful for these opportunities. So that's the way that it has impacted my work in such a positive way. And also the fact that I get to bring and share the latest, the best of the best, you know, each week or each day, or even after an episode say, Hey, check this out. These are some things worth considering. Or sometimes when we have those conversations say, Hey, you know, this is what's going on at other school districts. You know, maybe we need to get ahead of this or, you know what, we need to get behind this. And so it's really helped me be just a great advocate and allow our district to see what is out there. Because oftentimes we may be so blocked off in doing things the way they've always been done. And sometimes we just need somebody that has that outside lens and perspective and being able to hear from amazing educators, practitioners, and creators globally. That definitely helps me you know, really implement that into my current job role. Fonz, I, I love it because you are on the ground 
doing the work. And it's nice that one, you're shining the light on all of the great guests that you have and that you're able to then kind of take that and work with the people who maybe they're not going to be on the podcast, but again, the kids are benefiting, your colleagues are benefiting. So let me just finish with this. And I want to thank you first and foremost for starting your show. Number two, I want to thank you for being a part of this network because the only way people get on is if when I reach out and ask them, they say yes. So you said yes because I knew you had something good. So that little scout in me, uh, it, it worked out. And you know, I'm glad you're a part of this network a thousand percent. And I hope you continue to be for a long time to come. Um, let's finish with this. What key lessons have you learned from podcasting that you would like to share with the aspiring podcaster or an educator in general? Absolutely. I, I think what we need to do is don't let imposter syndrome get in the way. Um, <clears throat> again, very that works in all aspects, whether you're an educator, oftentimes you feel like, man, you know what, this other teacher next to me is doing way better or they're doing this and so on. And sometimes that can be just a little disheartening and that imposter syndrome kicks in. But really what we need to do is we just need to just take a step back. And sometimes you just need to breathe and take a step back and reflect. And then after that, just say, okay, let me see what perspective I have and maybe what I can do slightly different. What do I already have that I can do that's already in my tool belt that I can sharpen even more and then sprinkle it onto what I am already doing well just to continue to improve? So that is really kind of my motto that from every guest, I'll take something, sprinkle it onto what I'm doing great. As I listen to other podcasters and I see their production and I see what they do, it's a goal of just not letting myself get in the way of myself, but just getting 1% better by what I'm seeing them do and not compare myself to them because we can do the same thing, but the delivery is different. So it goes back to kind of what you were saying that although we're in the same niche, I don't feel that I am competitive with you. I feel like you said, we are collaborators in this space because we're doing the same thing. It's just the delivery may be a little bit different, but we're trying to both do the same thing to bring value into our education space. So educators, don't let imposter syndrome get in the way. You are great at what you're doing, but sometimes you just need to take a step back, sharpen our tools and get right back at it. Podcasters, best advice that I ever got from Chris, just click record, click record and do it. And we're always here to support. I love it. And I, I got to be honest, we, you brought up imposter syndrome a couple of times over the course of our conversation. And, you know, I've been an educator for, you know, 14, 15 years now and a podcaster for almost 10 years. And I have days and moments where I wonder if I'm in the right career. And I also have days and moments where I wonder, is anybody listening? <laughs> Does anybody care what I have to say or who I'm talking to? So I experience it and again, doing it just a little bit longer than you on the podcast side. So it, it's something again, and your words of advice, they, they resonate with me to take a step back, breathe, and everybody can do that. And just everybody just keep being you, you do you don't worry about anybody else. Only be better than yourself. Like Font said, 1% better, which I think is a podcast too. Isn't that a, isn't that a show? Somebody does 1% better 
or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> it probably does. It does sound like it, you know, I, I you know, and I was thinking about that the other day because I, I, I really use that a lot. It's like, okay, how can I get 1% better today? And then I'm thinking to myself, hey, wait a minute. I was doing the math. I was like, well, if I do 1% better every day, then I'm 365% better every year. And that just blew my mind because I never thought <laughs> yeah. about it that way. Because I always think it's, oh, to get to 100%. No, no, no. 1% better every day in a year. You're going to be 365% better by the end of that year. And it just hit me. And I, I, I was thinking about that probably about two days ago. And so if you just think about it that way and, and, and keep that pace, man, by the end of that year, the lessons that you've learned and the tools that you've sharpened, and that's it. You're, you're going to be unstoppable. And then you can roll that over to the next year if you're an educator. And then as a podcaster, you just keep rolling it over year by year, episode by episode. And before you know it, you're going to be, you know, like uh, Chris says, you know, you're going to get your uh, podcast doctorate. Yes. You know, what is that? 500 episodes? Podcast I, I think doctorate. that's what we determine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Podcast doctorate, 500 episodes. <laughs> All right, Fonz, I want to thank you for being behind the mic. You who's listening, go to his website, myedtech.life. Start with the latest episode. Maybe you go check out episode 129 that he talked about. Maybe you go check out episode 17. It doesn't matter, but go listen. Make My Ed Tech Life a part of your anytime, anywhere professional development. And we will be back in two weeks with our next episode where I'm going to sit down with Brian Carpenter from Fresh Air at 5. So be locked in for that. And Fonz, I want to thank you again for being a part of this network and going behind the mic. I really appreciate that. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be here to share you know, my story. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to be behind the mic to share our stories. Oh, <laughs>